Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Welcome everybody to the Canicuck Institute podcast. This is Keith Chancy coming at you live from Branson, Missouri. I'm so excited for telling you just uh, just a little bit about 2 Timothy. We're going to do a recap today. There's four chapters. And as I do a recap, man, I hope that this blesses you like nobody's business. Because over the last several weeks, I've just kind of been sharing with you from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. And I think Paul has done a great job of just giving you his last words as he is about to die. And he has done it well. So I want to recap chapter 1. You know, when I look at this, I go, what a great word that, that I have seen you know, Paul just talk about, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience. Paul knew this, but before he says, I thank God with a clear conscience, something that Paul gives to us in chapter one, he says, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And, and according to the promise of the life of Christ and to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. And you know, guys, as I just think about the recap of this whole book, Those three words just seem to make such a difference in my own life, grace, that I get something I don't deserve. Mercy, I don't get something I do deserve. And peace, I get something that's so amazing that it blesses my life. And so as I think about that, now he says, guys, listen to me. I thank God in whom I serve with a clear conscience because my clear conscience is as a result of what Christ has done. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what you did on the cross and that you died, you resurrected, and you gave to me something that is so awesome. It's my salvation. And so, you know, in that first uh, podcast I did on chapter one, I talked about the clear conscience being a result of plugging in the right code. And the the right code in your life is Jesus. And so no matter what you go through in life, whatever trial, whatever difficulty, plug in the code Jesus. And that you go to your knees first, and you pray. Secondly, you go to the Word. Thirdly, you begin to apply the Word and you begin to meditate on the Word. And because you're doing the things well, it begins to transform your mind and you're able to do the things well. So then Paul just talks through, he talks about his grandmom, his mom, and the, how what an impact they had on his life. Because obviously, Paul was telling Timothy, I know you didn't have a really good relationship with your dad. And so your grandmom and your mom, they did a great job. And you know, guys, there's a lot of us out there that we've gone through difficulties. So did Timothy. So did Paul. But yet the thing is, is he says, do this. And he says in verse six, for this reason, guys, I want to remind you to kindle afresh. I want you to fan the flame. I want you to ignite the light that you guys, your your flame has been fanned by God. And that because of this, you are, man, your, your little spark becomes to be a big old bonfire. And that is your gift is being used of God. The relationship with Christ is being used by God. And that people are seeing you as a man or a woman of God that is making a huge difference for Christ. And then he says in verse 7, For God has not given you a spirit of fear. And guys, I thank God for saying that because, you know, so often so many of us are just fearful. We're fearful of the future. We're fearful of what we don't have. We're fearful of the things that are going to go on. We're fearful that we get a bad prognosis from the doctor we're fearful in so many ways. But what Paul is saying, guys, God hasn't given you that, that, that spirit of fear. When you know Christ, you don't have to fear anything. Because we have power. 
the power of God within us. And that's Acts 1.8, that, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world. God can use your gifts, your talents for his glory to impact the world and change the world if we're just willing to say to everybody, guys, the fan has been flamed in me of the gospel. And I want to share it with everyone in the world. And I want to make Christ known because I understand God's grace. I understand his mercy. I understand his peace. And I am going to make every effort to tell others about what I have in Christ Jesus. Well, guys, you know, I think about Daniel in the lion's den. I think about David fighting the great Goliath, uh, the David fighting the Goliath. I think about all those stories in the Bible where I go, victory was made. Elijah. And I'm thankful, guys, that I have a book that is so full of great stories of great victories. And I think about, the, for me, a great victory in my own life, that the fan was flamed in me, the gift of God was understood, and the power of God was revealed, and that I have the love of God, and I have the disciplines of God, the sound mind of God, to not fall back into the ways of the world, but to trust God, and to go, you know what? My mind has been made different. And so he says, guys, don't be ashamed. We're a prisoner. Join with me in suffering. Sufferings are going to be a part of our life, but don't give in to the sufferings of the world. Well, then he goes into, guys, what I look at, and I, I really love this part in chapter two. So chapter one is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. So chapter one is the power chapter. Chapter two is the obedience chapter. So P-O. And so in this O, this obedience, in chapter two, Paul says, therefore, my son, be strong in grace and in Christ Jesus. The things which you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who in turn will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier, as an athlete, as a farmer. But remember, Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to the gospel, we're going to suffer hardship. We're going to endure. And guys, we cannot fail to understand suffering is a part of our life. You know, and I think I share with you guys, one of the most difficult times I came through was when Karen went through cancer. And I don't know, you know, when I was going through it, I thought, I wish I could take her place because I'd want to remove that from her because it was it would be easier for me to go through this than to watch my wife go through this. But I learned a lot watching her go through this because I was helpless. And she was going through it. And then when she went through the operation and they scraped off her uh, all the cancer and, and then she got the infection and we watched her go through this and just watching how Karen came through this and going, she's in God's hands. And if God gives her back to me, what a blessing. But if God takes her home, what a blessing. And I'm conflicted, as Paul would say, I don't know which one to, to do, to stand this earth or to be a part. And guys, that day I came to a real crossroads of understanding. You know, I won't care to be with me because I love her, but I must give her away. And suffering is a part of our life. And if I can give her away, I give her the best because I'm giving her to the Lord. And she and I together on this earth, God did spare her life. And she and I, we said, what we want to do with our life is we want to make Christ known. And we don't ever want to quit. We want to do it together. 
But we don't withhold each other from the Lord. We understand that suffering is a part of our life. And I'm not going to try to take that away because the suffering refines us. And every one of you out there in the audience, you're being refined through the difficulties, the the things that you don't really agree with God with on. But remember, the sufferings that are going on in the world are not what God made happen. They're what's happening because of a fallen world. Through when man, Adam and Eve, ate from the fruit, there was separation and fear. Adam and Eve were afraid because of what they had done. And now we're just experiencing all that happened because of that. And so now in chapter 2, we're told that we are to entrust to others, that we're to be obedient to tell others about the Jesus that we know, but not just to tell them, but to experience it, to live it, and to make it known to everybody. It's so real to us. And we entrust to others what we have known because we're going to teach them the Word of God, how to live for God, and how to make Christ known through God. And that people go, wow, you are so different. And he gives us those three illustrations about, you know, the soldier, the athlete, and uh, the farmer. So guys, I look at this and I go, wow, I want to help you guys. In verse 14 of chapter 2, it says, guys, charge the people in the presence of God. Don't wrangle about words. Present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who handles accurately the word of God. And guys, what I got to say to you guys right now is that the foundation of my life is the Word of God. And as I look at this, I go, I don't want you guys to hear anything other than that Keith Chancey's play manual is the Word of God. And the Word of God being actively used to teach others so that they in turn will teach others also. So that's my endurance. That's how I go through these difficult times. And I have a firm foundation because of what God has given to me. And I want to be useful to the master in verse 21 of chapter 2. That I want to be prepared for every good work. That And I want to flee youthful lust. I want to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And I want to call upon the Lord with a pure heart. And I want to refuse ignorance and foolishness. And I want to get caught into uh, quarrels. And I don't want to get caught up in ignorant just talk. I don't want to be quarrelsome. But I want to be kind to all. I want to teach others. I want to be patient when wronged. I want to be gentle. I want to correct those who are in opposition. I want to ask God to create a revival. I want to help people to come to repentance because I know what repentance means to me. It's There's two of the most important words in my life. Number one is grace and number two is repentance. And those two words are, how, are what I cling to God with. And I want I want to give God everything in my life. And I do not want to be held captive by the snares of the devil. And so, guys, that's chapter 2. Now, chapter 3, Paul says in the last days. And he goes through these last days. And then he goes in in verse 10. He says, guys, listen to me. There's going to be persecutions. But we've got to maintain our purpose, our faith, our conduct, our patience, our love. And we've got to understand that the Lord has rescued us. He rescued us through the cross. And he's given us hope. And in verse 16, he says, guys, all scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for retruth, for correction, for training in righteousness, so the man of God will be equipped for every good deed. And guys, as I think about that, I just want to encourage you guys that this morning I had a privilege. I had an honor to get on my knees and to read the word of God and to ask God to be with me. You see, the devil doesn't care that you read the God, but the devil cares that you pray about asking the Spirit to be with you as you ask God to give you 
the things of God that can be applied to your life to make a difference and an impact in our world for Jesus Christ. The word of God was inspired. Two men that spoke through their personalities and it was written down. And in that writings, we have been given the greatest words ever from the greatest God that could have ever spoke to them that he helped us to understand how to live our lives. You know, I love what Hebrews 4.15 says, God was tempted in everything as we are, yet he was without sin. The Lord our God became a man. His name was Jesus. And he understood us. And so these words that he gives to us are to give us strength, courage, power, not fear. But we'd understand difficult times are coming. And one day, there's going to be a rapture. We're going to be lifted up. And we're going to be exited out of here. It's called gathered up. And we'll be in heaven. But until then, we've got to get busy telling everybody about Jesus. And how do we do that? In order to tell somebody about Jesus, I got to walk them through what the Bible says about Jesus. The fulfillment of prophecies all through the Old Testament, the shadows in the Old Testament that reveal that Jesus is coming. Over a thousand years before Jesus was ever even talked about, it was talked about in the Old Testament. And we just look at this and go, wow, what a blessing. All the way back to Genesis 3.15. We are so very, very blessed And the word of God is my book. It is my manual. It is my everything. And I love to walk around just holding my Bible because I hold it with such joy. People always ask me, say, Chancey, why do you smile so much? Why are you so happy? Because God gave me a good word this morning. He put a new song in my heart, so to speak. A word in my heart. It gives me an extra kick in my get along as I walk through everyday life that God just makes me excited. So as I look at chapter 3, There's something that goes in that. Chapter 1, the power. Chapter 2, the obedience. And chapter 3, the word. And as I think about that, I go, that's the P-O-W. But then in chapter 4, we see the readiness, the R. P-O-W-R. The readiness that we're to be ready in verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Guys, there's going to come a time where people don't want their ears. They don't want to hear sound doctrine. They want their ears tickled. Guys, I'm I'm telling you, we're right there right now. We've got to be ready to stand for truth. We can't give in to the lies of this world. Romans 1.25 says, Satan exchanges the truth of God for a lie, and they begin to worship and serve the creature rather than creator. We cannot Listen to the lies. The devil is a liar, John 8, 44. And so I got to ask myself the question, what is the lie that I believe? And the lie that I believe is sometimes hearing what the devil says, but I've got to be ready in season and out of season. I've got to make sure that my life makes a difference to Christ, that I fight the good fight. I finish the course. I keep the faith. And I understand that I am not going to stop until I get that crown of righteousness, all the crowns that God wants to give to us. And I want my neck to be ready to receive what God could only give. And I want you guys to receive those crowns in heaven. I want you on this earth to walk in peace, to walk in joy. And remember, joy is a choice. You can choose to wake up and have a good day or a bad day. Is your glass half empty or is your glass half full? God gave you joy through what he did for you on the cross. He never promised you'd be easy. But he said, trust him, trust him. You've got the ability to be ready in season and out of season. 
Don't just have your ears tickled. Go to the word. Be obedient to the word. Have the power of God, his strength, his majesty within yourself to make a difference for the name of Jesus Christ. Guys, I hope this helps you. I hope this series has been good to you because it's sure been good to me. Man, I hope that you guys get a zeal for 2 Timothy and you get a zeal for walking with Christ and you get a zeal for making Christ known. So today, in conclusion, to this great book, Paul's Last Words, find great joy that God has done something great that he wants to give to you. The joy of life through the grace of God and may the grace of God be with you always and may your spirit be lifted up because of what he has done. Focus on the glass being half full, not half empty. And go out and have the best day every day and acknowledge Christ as Lord. Hey guys, have the best day. Lord bless you and keep you always. Until we see you again, God bless.